Horn Free Radio, episode 140. Guys, get access to my new training, Porn Free, this year and make a plan to go porn free in 2018. Go to recoveredman.com slash this year. That's recoveredman.com slash this year. You'll get access to a video that's about an hour long and a downloadable worksheet to build your porn free plan. Once again, that's recoveredman.com slash this year. Let's start the show. Welcome to Porn Free Radio. This is the podcast where motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn, get hope, and take action. Even if you feel lost right now or out of control, you can recover and live a meaningful life, free from shame and full of love. Now here's your host, coach, and podcaster, Matt Dobschutz. Well, welcome back to this show. And I uh, hit record today, and I'm going to record this live to to hard drive, as my friend uh, and coach uh, Cliff Ravenscraft says. And uh, what that means is I'm not going to edit this, um, and I don't really have any notes for this podcast. Uh, So sometimes I pre-plan, sometimes I do an interview, uh, sometimes I have some bullet points that I want to talk about. And I actually have a list of show ideas that I I have a whiteboard um, where I'm just adding ideas every time I have them. And there's like a dozen ideas on this board. I'm ignoring the board right now um, to share a little bit of an epiphany that I had just this week about my own recovery. And I'm sharing this because this is like something that just occurred to me. And yet it, it just crystallized why this is such a struggle, why porn is such a struggle. And it comes from my own experience. Now, what I've been doing the last year is trying to write a book about my recovery and write a book about my story. And and it's not just about my story. It's about your story. It's about helping you get porn free. And But I'm using my story to, to, to you know, explain some concepts and share some of my experience and hope, you know, so that's kind of the, the idea. Well, one thing I was, uh, as I was writing this week, I was thinking about, you know, what came first, pornography or my interest uh, in sexuality? And I, I realized something. I realized that prior to being exposed to pornography, um, I had a, a, a keen interest in in girls and in women's bodies. And I don't know where that came from, that that actually preceded uh, my struggle with pornography. And so let's just say that I was a little more wired to notice uh, girls to, to be interested in them. Now, there was a curiosity that was there. And this curiosity, I remember being with a friend and, and, you know, we you know, we were really young kids and we saw his sister and her friend changing. And so, uh, the first time I saw a a woman or a girl naked was, you know, in this sort of friend's house. And, uh, and I remember being sort of exhilarated by that and also somewhat confused. Like I didn't understand some of the stuff I was looking at. And, um, and I remember, you know, engaging with girls, you know, the, the same stuff that you would, 
you know, a lot of us did, you know, the doctor stuff and some of the, you know, I'll show you mine, you show me yours kind of stuff. Uh, so there was some of that going on and there was this, you know, curiosity. Now, I know my parents, um, my parents were Christians and they felt very strongly that, that we, they needed to explain the gift of sexuality and explain some of the differences. And I remember we read a book um, and I was kind of a highly, uh, when I was a kid, I was kind of precocious and um, always wanted to be older. And so maybe there was a piece of that. I, I wasn't very innocent. I was always kind of curious. And um, so, so imagine this. So there's this, uh, so I'm this kid, I'm talking about myself in the third person. I'm, I'm a kid. I, I am going through life and I am a little more interested in, in girls and girls' bodies and women. And I have, had a couple of these experiences where I've seen girls naked or I've seen my, my friend's sister naked. And so, and, and there's that excitement and that curiosity. And then at eight years old, I walk into a gas station uh, with my, my grandmother's filling up and I see a magazine mid shelf. I grab it. And I remember there was sort of a design. I don't remember the name of the magazine, but the design sort of was like a uh, like a Garden of Eden kind of design. There was like some vines, and it kind of had a an alluring quality to it, almost like a a Garden of Eden type natural picture or type thing. And there might have been a sort of an icon of a woman or something in the logo. Um, so there was something about it that drew me to this magazine. Um, but when I open it up, right there in the middle of the page was a naked woman on a bed. And it wasn't um, a very staged picture. This wasn't, uh, you know, um, what would have been typical back then. This would have been the 70s. Um, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a playboy topless picture. It wasn't a kind of, um, you know, a... a you know, kind of a centerfold type thing. This was a magazine that was a very, this might've been a natural magazine or a nudity magazine. I don't know what it was, but this was a really normal woman on a bed and completely naked. Like no, you know, this wasn't just a, you know, nip slip type picture. This was like a real woman on a, on a bed. And it was like a lightning bolt went through me when I saw this. And as I'm thinking about this experience this week, I realized, I, I, I mean, I was full of curiosity and interest and almost a, this discovery of pornography was amazing and as I look back at it, one of the reasons why I think it was amazing was the message that got to my little brain back then was, you know, that excitement and that exhilaration that you had seen your friend's sister naked, you can now get this from this object, from this thing. There's stuff like this, this magazine that allows you 
to do that, to, to, to get that experience without fear of being caught, without um, having to deal with a girl or, you know, whatever. It's like you can get that experience through this thing. Now, are you following me here? I realize, I, I mean, the natural curiosity that I had for sexuality, for girls' bodies, for, for um, uh, you know, women, right? You know, there's a biology there. There's a naturalness. Now, maybe it was a little, for whatever reason, I was a little more precocious, a little more interested, but that's there. I mean, we're wired for sexual intimacy. We're wired to notice that type of thing, right? And who knows? I mean, maybe there was some reason that I was more interested in sexuality. I mean, I've thought about, you know, maybe there was some abuse or some early introduction that I don't remember um, that got me that way. But let's say there isn't. Let's just say that it was just a, a keen curiosity, what happened is when that keen curiosity met pornography, I immediately bonded with this object of this is how I can get that feeling without the risk, without engagement, without intimacy. Now, my parents, when they talked about sexuality with me, when they you know read this book with me, I mean, they clearly stated this idea of, you know, sexuality is a gift. It's shared between um, loving partners, husbands and wives. It's this, uh, it's, this, it's this thing that calls us out of ourself to bond with another in a meaningful spiritual way. It's from God, um, right? So that was, the, that was the teaching that I got, which is healthy teaching, but when I saw that first image, something in me said, wow, there's that thing that you come alive to, and it's in this safe, consumable object. And that's why I think I became addicted to porn. Because I was already wired to be interested. And as soon as my brain, as soon as my little brain realized I could do this in safety without exposure, that's, that's what set me up. And so I found myself, the older I got, there was this part of me that just developed this porn addiction or went to this porn compulsively as a way to, to, to bond with that image, to get that feeling without having any risk, without fearing rejection, without um, having to, 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 it was a way to be safe, but to get that feeling. And as I got older, you know, started getting interested in women and having relationships I still would retreat to that fantasy world because it was so much easier. And then when I got married, you know, like most guys, I thought, well, this will help me 
with my porn problem, except in marriage, intimacy was even more intense and more scary than I realized. I now had a real woman who could be hurt by me, who, who cried sometimes, like cried much more than me. I never cried really in my 20s. My wife cried all the time, you know, sometimes through good things, sometimes through bad things. But she, had much, she was much more in touch with emotions, and her emotions went deep. And that scared me. And also, too, as we developed our relationship, um, both intimacy and sexuality, you know, not everything at the beginning is perfect. You know, it's not like you always are having these mountaintop sexual experiences. So it was easy for me to go, remember what you got from that thing? You know, the ability to, to look, the ability to... to, to um, fantasize the ability to to just be safe but be in that excited state to see see the the nudity see the the take in uh, that other one's body without any risk without any rejection it would always lure me back so when I got into recovery the recovery and the healing was the pulling together of that piece of me that broke off, that bonded with that imagery and reintegrated it back into my heart. And part of me in the healing was starving that piece of me that wanted to bond with the object over having real intimacy. So it's a little deep here. We're getting deep. Uh, 2018, second week of uh, 2018. But yeah, I just, I, I don't know. It just hit me hit me yesterday as I was thinking about it and writing. I was like, gosh, that's so true. The truth is I bonded with that object. And even though I felt shame and guilt about it, there was a safety in it. I could get that experience and that feeling without any risk. So maybe that's something that you've is true for you. Maybe there was already sort of an interest and porn just made an easy way to get that connection, to get that feeling. So here's what else is true about me as a kid. There was a lonely piece of me, a piece of me that didn't feel seen, that didn't feel loved. And wanted that safety, you know, wanted that, that excitement and wanted that, um, you know, wanted that thrill and that, that sort of, uh, exhilaration, but also wanted to be seen and loved and at a deep level. I mean, if I think back to that picture of the woman on the bed, it was so intimate. It was so real. 
in some ways, you know, I know, I know it was pornography, but it was, it was like, I was longing for intimacy. There's a book called wired for intimacy. I was wired for intimacy. And so that was the other thing that I was trying to get out of that. It's like, not only did I find this safe way to act out and to, to have no risk, but it was intimate. And I realized that a lot of what I was looking for in porn was to be told I'm okay. To be told I'm good enough. You know, that's still a struggle that I have. You know, I was working with a sponsor um, and I'm working through resentments. And I realized a ton of my resentments, a ton of my resentments come from feeling unseen, unloved, undervalued. Like, if you want to trigger me, if you, I mean, like, not, not like you want to trigger me. You want to trigger me? Tell me I'm not valuable. Tell me what I do doesn't matter. And, and you guys, you guys tell me all the time, hey, this really helps me. This is great. I don't hear any of that. I don't hear the good stuff. It's hard for me to take that in. But if one person sends me an email that stings me or just says I'm not that valuable or if I feel ignored, oh my gosh, it is like a level 10 for me. If I feel ignored or displaced, um, you know, I remember, I remember one time I started this ministry at my church. And uh, it was a lot of work and a lot of people were involved with it. So this is kind of the early days of me leading recovery work, you know, helping others recover. And I think the first year that I led my ministry, I, I wrote a report of what we did this year. And, and my church always publishes an annual report every March. And... So I turned in my report very early and, you know, made sure everyone had it. And when I got to the members meeting in March, they left my report out of the, the, the document. Like it just wasn't there. And I remember hitting the roof. Like I felt flooded with emotion like, I can't believe that, that my pastor didn't notice that I wasn't in there, that no one caught this error, that, that, they, that they took what I wrote and they just ignored it. Like, it got in their email and they saw it, and for whatever reason, it was a simple mistake. It was an oversight. I was a new ministry. You know, they, they didn't have, they probably pulled up the document from the year before and edited it, and my thing wasn't there. But I so wanted, or, or no, it's like when I wasn't included, when I was forgotten, when someone didn't notice me, it was like at a level 10. And I wanted that so much from porn, that affirmation, um, that feeling good enough, feeling seen, not forgotten, you know? So, um, so look at all those things that were going into my early uh struggle with porn you know there's that curiosity that's there that's healthy that's 
that's maybe a little hyper, a little hyper for my age, but whatever, it was there. And then there's that loneliness and that wanting that intimacy, wanting that affirmation. You know, it's ironic, the church, maybe at that very meeting or, or maybe it was the next year, they gave me this award for starting the ministry. They actually gave me a plaque. I don't have, gosh, I should have it in my office. Um, I got to find that plaque. They gave it to me. I remember thinking at the time, this is a little premature for a plaque. It was like a spiritual excellence plaque. Um, but, you know, when they gave me the award, it was like, oh, cool, I got an award. Like, it didn't really get in. It didn't. But gosh, being forgotten was at a level 10, you know, in terms of intensity. So, I, you know, a lot of my resentments come out of not feeling valued, not feeling seen. So, there's not really an action here, guys. I mean, I, I'm just sharing my experience, and maybe you connect with it. Maybe there's a piece of you that feels undervalued. Maybe there's a piece of you that just had a, a, a kind of a hyper response to uh, sexuality early on. And porn just became a way to, um, to codify that. I don't know if that's the right word. To, it was a way to sort of channel that. And what happened is you got addicted. It became compulsive. That, you know, you went to the well too many times. And it just became this habit. But there's hope. There's hope for healing. I mean... I feel like God has really helped me start to put together these pieces, you know, pulling that curious kid uh, back into real relationship, back into real intimacy, taking that lonely kid. And, you know, there's a great verse about God putting the lonely in families. And I, I have a family now, like not just my wife, but my kids, where I'm a part of the family where I feel loved and connected. And even with my family that I grew up in, my family of origin, I have better relationships with my parents, with my siblings than I had growing up. And, you know, there's still work to be done there, but there's, there's, more, there's more being seen and loved in those relationships too. So the path to healing has been integrating these pieces. Porn no longer works for me. That's why I let go of it. Partly because I, you know, my back was against the wall as I was struggling to keep my marriage afloat when this came out. But now there's, now I don't have as much shame about the fact that I got stuck in this because it started so early. I mean, if if you have an eight year old right now, think of what they're like. Think of of their maturity level. You know, it's like your eight-year-old doesn't think like a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old or, or however old you're, you're, you are now, 47. You know, that's a, that's a really challenging time to be exposed to pornography. I think any time is be a challenge to be exposed to pornography, but eight is, think about it. I was set up. Well, I'm going to bring this in for a landing. I don't have a great call to action. I don't, this isn't a, again, this was unscripted. 
this is me. This is my experience. And uh, I thank you for listening. I thank you for sharing your experiences with me. As always, you can send me an email at matt at recoveredman.com. It's matt at recoveredman.com. Let me know anything I need to keep private in case I want to read your email on the air. And you know I like to do that sometimes. So uh, just let me know. And otherwise, guys, this week, take hope and take action. Be good.